Welcome to Fright Night Minute, a daily podcast where we discuss the original 1985 horror movie, Fright Night, one minute at a time. I'm Robin. I'm Len. And we want to welcome this week to our podcast, Father David Mowry. Thanks so much for having me on the show, guys. We've got lots of questions for you. We've got also lots of uh, tomfoolery for you to put up with. So uh, we're (laughs) going to be. Tomfoolery is a specialty of mine. So we're going to be talking about bats. We're going to be talking about boobs. And we're going to (laughs) be talking about faith. So I think you're going to be. One of those three. Okay. (laughs) Well, let's listen for the rest of the week to find out which. (laughs) Right. Let's start off with uh, minute 91 of Fright Night. It begins with the briefest sigh and ends with a wake-up call. Wake me up when September ends. I guess right now I should ask you, you know, since uh, this is Monday, I should ask you, like, uh, do you have any experience with this movie? Have, have you seen it before? This was my first time seeing Fright Night, but it was not my first time running across it. Um, the first time I came across Fright Night was in a, hmm, like, I don't know if you call it like science fiction or fantasy, but a book called Some Wither by John C. Wright. And in the book, the characters are up against a vampire-like creature, and they have a debate precisely around what we're going to get to a little later in the book as to how exactly crucifixes and vampires work. Um. And so it, it, it's, a, it's a movie that was unknown to me outside of a random reference in a book I read once. Uh, and it was just, it was, <laughs> as a fan of The Princess Bride, it was a very interesting experience uh, to watch Humperdinck vamping all over the screen. <laughs> yes, uh, he's, uh, he's still just as pompous, uh, but it's a lot more sexier. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. <laughs> so the real question I guess we have to ask is, did you like it? I mean, it's, you know, it's an 80s movie. We grew up with it. It's one of my favorites. But coming to it in 2019, only having a slight reference in a book, what did you think about it? It was a lot of fun. Uh, The movie was obviously playing tongue-in-cheek with a lot of the classic horror movie tropes. um, But it was also, you know, trying to be a horror movie in its own right. It wasn't playing it for parody. It wasn't playing it for laughs. But it was also... um, um, you know, campy was also, you know, had all the, the, the freaks and had all the scares. Um, <laughs> but there was, you know, this, you know, fascinating dynamic with this TV actor being the vampire hunter. It's, it's yeah. just a very postmodern take on the horror movie idea. <laughs> So, uh, I mean, we should make this clear for folks that haven't heard you on other podcasts, but, uh, like you are, uh, you are a father, you are a priest, right? Roman Catholic priest, right? Yeah. I'm a, I'm a Catholic priest of the diocese of Joliet. Yeah. Okay. And do you often watch horror movies or horror movies are not my bag. <laughs> uh, I do not understand why people derive entertainment from being scared. Now, maybe that's because, uh, I have a mild anxiety disorder of my own. And so I, <laughs> 
I, I'm, I can get freaked out uh, just with normal life stuff. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, thanks be to God, I've been able to handle some of that uh, <laughs> and grow through some of that. But the idea of, you know, going to a movie theater and watching, you know, something come out at you. I mean, uh-huh. I, you know, if, if I'm going to get that kind of adrenaline thrill, I much prefer a Hitchcock movie. Oh, yeah. Because there, I mean, the, the difference there, you know, in the suspense and the, the thrill of the Hitchcock movie is that as the audience member, you know what's going to happen and you don't want it to happen. <laughs> right. <laughs> Whereas in the horror movie, it's worse because you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know what's going to jump out of you. You don't know what's going to do, try to eat your brain. Well, and you're constantly on edge. <laughs> well, for good horror movies, you don't. I, I tend to lean toward, I would say, whimsical horror. I, I don't really like gore. I don't really like, you know, movies where everybody's being tortured. I, that that yeah. to me is just gross. Yeah, I like ones that are, uh, I, I like a good story. <laughs> yeah, basically I'm fascinated what it by, by uh, directors like Jordan Peele with what he's doing within the horror genre and using the tropes of horror to address societal issues and to provide that kind of commentary. Mm-hmm. I, I'm intellectually fascinated by that kind of thing. I, I, I haven't seen Us or Get Out or any of these <laughs> other you know new horror films, but the idea behind the creativity that brings using these horror tropes, yeah, that's interesting to me. Yeah. Well, um, let's get into this horror movie, uh, because we had a lot to talk about. Uh, It's surprising going through a movie minute by minute how many things come up uh, in research and analyzation. Uh, So, uh, yeah, you've been on uh, many a minute by minute podcast. Why haven't you uh, started one of your your own? (laughs) Uh, Time, mostly. Uh, I, I have I have a full time job priesting, um, <laughs> which um, I, I am not at liberty to say uh, whether it involves vampire hunting or not. Uh, but uh, uh, it's just a bunch that's of another rumors. question gone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I just just haven't had the time. I've played with the idea of a couple shows, but then I think about oh, but and editing and scheduling <laughs> guests and all the time that it takes, and I you know, I have a hard enough time making sure my laundry gets done. <laughs> if you if you uh, I wanted to do a minute by minute podcast of your own. What, what would you do? Or has it already been taken? <laughs> you know, <laughs> it could very well be, be sure. You know, I haven't checked with uh, the master archivist yet as <laughs> to what's been claimed and what hasn't. Um, I, yeah, I've, I've played with a couple ideas. Um, you know, there's, uh, a couple of Jimmy Stewart movies that I'd love to go through, like Mr. Smith Goes to Washington, or even uh, It's a Wonderful Life, because I, yeah. I find those movies, you know, to, you know, it's not the typical movies by minute format because it's all dialogue. Um, uh-huh. But the themes of those movies are really rich and really interesting. Um, and then there's also, you know, uh, playing to my brand, and I've flirted with the idea of like, well, what about The Exorcist? But then, Ooh, oh wow. Okay, but the last time I saw The Exorcist, I saw it when I was back in seminary in a group of about, you know, eight to ten guys. And right after we saw the movie, we all prayed the rosary because we were all freaked out. (laughs) Oh, man, I got to tell you, that movie has scarred me for life. That is the scariest film. I was raised in a Christian home, so Mm -hmm. there's been no other horror movie that disturbed me like that did. And I saw it probably way too young. I think I saw that at about eight years old. And I saw it when I was 20, and I think I saw it when I was too young. Yeah, it's bummed me out for for my life. That's one movie I just I can't do, can't do it. And that and when I whenever I talk to my friends about, they always say, "Oh, that'd be really great." Do you like The Exorcist? And then I will say, "Well, I don't, I don't really know. And they say, well, maybe this is a bad idea then." 
Oh, yeah. Maybe, maybe you don't want to do this. Like, well, but the brand. And they say, well, that's not enough. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> the Blues Brothers has already been done, right? So Mission from God. Uh, the mission from God is, is mission complete. Yeah. yeah. So. All right. Well, let's talk about Fright Night. Um, so we have here, we're at the point of the movie where the first line of Jerry's defenses are down. And it was a doozy that we had Billy liquefying before their very eyes. And right at the beginning of this <laughs> You just made a face. Was that? Yeah, a- uh, <laughs> I mean, uh, like, to be fair, really great effects. Yeah, I mean, for for a movie with the budget that it had, wow, really great stuff. <laughs> yeah, but also the kind of thing where I just have to, you know, put my fingers in front of my eyes. <laughs> okay, is it? Is it, oh, it's not over yet. Good. <laughs> uh, but I like this kind of moment where Charlie and Peter, like, just seeing the most craziest thing that ever happened, like in front of. The- well, actually, Peter saw something even crazier earlier, but. Uh, uh, just that happening in front of their eyes, and they take this moment to just kind of like sigh. <laughs> Peter, Peter is about to puke. <laughs> yeah. He is as white as a sheet. He is about to lose his lunch all over Jerry's carpet. Uh, we go to the one of the, uh, the the script that I have is is an earlier draft, and so there's always been there's always stuff that's omitted, and it's interesting to know. Um, uh, so the script had a couple of lines that said Charlie says he wasn't human, and Peter says no, he certainly wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought was funny. Uh, and so Charlie then pulls himself together and, you know, as he usually does, he yells, Amy! And he runs <laughs> off. And I love how Peter just, just he looks so tired. And yeah. He just slowly follows and even just kind of bumping into the banister on his way up. Totally shell-shocked. He's, he is way in over his head. <laughs> I mean, Charlie has his, his emotional anchor in Amy. Peter is totally driftless. Uh-huh. I, I think it's, uh, you know, after seeing uh, Evil Ed die before his eyes, uh, it, it, I, I, I'm, I'm assuming he doesn't want to let another teenager die on his watch. You know, he's got his, he's, he's, he's got his mission back. He's, he's, he's ready to go, but he's still, he's still an old man. And he's, this is the first time he's really doing this. Uh, so we go into Jerry's bedroom and on a blanket on the floor is Amy and Charlie rushes to her side. And I love this, you know, that's ping as Charlie just kind of drops the steak, uh, next to her. And then Peter notices the open window and goes and peeks his head out. And uh, yeah, I love how this is. Uh, this looks. This, uh, it's very. I mean, we we saw them enter the house and it was just covered in smoke. But you can see as Peter sticks his head out, it's the the, the fog machine's still a roaring. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it, it just looks so very classic horror. I mean, even even the way it was, uh, it's colorized. You know, it looks almost sickly. Gray green out there it's like there's something something not right going on in this house now why is it that they keep going back to check on amy i mean they are in and out and in and out of this room Mm -hmm. what is it that charlie thinks he's going to find you know because amy just keeps making these moaning sounds you know it's (laughs) obvious that she's unwell and she you know needs an alka-seltzer or something (laughs) i don't know what why why the constant fussing over her 
I love. Stake <laughs> <laughs> her. <laughs> End her. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's that's all I can think. Like, uh, they, they, she he goes back to check on her. Room. I mean, you know, they they came up with this rule in the room earlier that uh, uh, this is a this is a horror movie, so they have to play by. Or is that or is that this minute? I don't even remember. Uh, <laughs> we've been recording like out of order, but. Uh, I believe earlier is when, you know, Peter makes his determination that, you know, horror movie rules have worked so far, so we have to kill Jerry by dawn. So I, I'm assuming that uh, mm. Charlie is going back, making sure that she hasn't progressed into full-out vampire, you know. Um, well, then I have bad news for Charlie, based on what we see <laughs> in this minute. Yeah. Uh, looks like we are definitely progressing down that vampire road. <laughs> yeah. Got some nice chompers there. There, Amy. <laughs> yeah, and and her uh, not only has her, has her teeth grown, but her hair has as well. <laughs> yeah, I guess I guess the V in Pantene Pro V stands for vampire. There's <laughs> some luscious locks being helped along by whatever it is that turns you into a vampire. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, and yeah. I also love that you know when Peter looks out, he doesn't even realize how close he got to to being grabbed by uh, Jerry. Uh, when we were seeing earlier, uh, from Jerry's point of view outside the window, I just naturally assumed that he was in bat form, uh, kind of forgetting about the rest of the movie almost, uh, and not remembering that he can actually just kind of like float around on his own if he wants to. So yeah, the movie's really careful and kind of cagey with that because it doesn't show you Jerry floating around. And what we see later, we learn he can turn into a bat, you know, as in the vampire stories of old. So I always thought that it was implied by those cuts that he was shifting back and forth from one form to another to float around and, you know, get to places where he shouldn't be. I just, you know, when I see him floating around outside the window, I, 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 my thought is, why be a bat? Like, I can't imagine how much effort it takes to flap wings where you can just hover there. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, actually what Jerry's done, he's carefully hidden the catwalk around the upper story <laughs> of the building. He's hidden behind these great big planters, so it really freaks people out when he comes walking by. It's great at parties. Kaboo! <laughs> uh, and I just, the, you know, the thinking how, how it must feel to smush your human-sized body down into bat form. I mean, it, to me, it's like, if you can just hover around on your own instead of turning into this little gerbil uh it's like crawling if you could just walk you know <laughs> it seems like so much effort to to do something that you know i don't know i would think it's for show but nobody's really seeing it <laughs> uh, um, so so anyway after i overanalyze i was gonna say you know you, you, know, you know none of it's real uh, right? <laughs> just feel bad for jerry does anybody feel bad for jerry uh, no ever <laughs> <laughs> so so Charlie calls Peter in and yeah it's worse uh, hair's grown fangs have grown and I love how we get this nice outside uh camera POV shot this rotating view um how it just kind of goes this 180 degree turn and then goes up and onto you know onto the roof 
uh, you know, so that's a pretty yeah, cool shot. That's a good shot. And uh, you know, they they did uh, do some real exteriors on a Hollywood set, but this, or, you know, on a Hollywood uh, lot, but uh, this uh, is all built so they could actually, uh, you know, it's like the barest frame of a of a you know house exterior, so they could run the camera up the side and go into the window uh, on a on a crane, I believe. So. Um, so Charlie and Peter realize they're running out of time. So they grab a stake and a cross and go vampire hunting. And, uh, as you do. Yep. <laughs> so Charlie and Peter run out onto the landing and look about. And, um, this is another angle of the infamous window, the stained glass window. Oh yeah. And I don't know if anyone else noticed, but we've been looking at the stained glass window. Yeah. We should ask this whole, whole time. I don't know if you pick up on any of it, but it looks a little bit like from this angle, like it might be a hooded snake, a cobra in a garden. So could it be the Garden of Eden? I don't really know. Oh. Could it be depicting that? It's hard. It's really hard to say. Yeah, that is interesting. It does. It does look like uh, you've either got a two-legged uh, ostrich right. being really <laughs> oddly presented here, uh, kind of in the corner of the frame, or it's trees with clouds and the sun's coming behind the clouds. Right. Yeah, and then you know I could kind of I could see the snake. I I see a human face in there. Oh, really? Which which so could in the snake. Uh, I don't know. I just like like the hair is like I can see the the head of the snake is like the top, and then you've got these bits lower down, kind of in the middle that look like mm. eyes. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know what it is. Yeah, I was I was hoping you guys would have cracked this mystery before I came on the show because <laughs> when I was going back and forth over this minute, I kept coming back to this window. It's like, what the heck is going on? Yeah, we have no idea. <laughs> yeah, and this is an int- this is interesting too because uh, the last couple times we've seen it, it's either been like kind of nighttime behind it or like daytime. Um, but now it's this sickly green light that they've thrown onto the window. Right. So it kind of shows off the, the inner elements a little bit more. Mm-hmm. It might just be crappy stained glass. It's <laughs> I don't know if you've ever, uh, if any of you have either watched The Vicar of Dibley. Are you familiar with that? Uh, you've shown me an episode. Uh, no, I, I, okay. I'm not familiar with that show. It's a it's a Dawn French. Uh, it's a, she's a British comedian. She plays a priest or a vicar that goes to a small town. And there's an episode uh-huh. where they need to replace the uh, the stained glass in the church has been huh. destroyed by uh, a storm. And the committee, there's about nine of them. They're all doddering old folks. It's real, real uh, PBS kind of show. I, lo- I loved it. I still love it. Um, <laughs> they all debate what the, <laughs> they look in the old minutes. They can't figure out. Everybody remembers a different thing or sees a different thing. Oh, okay. Uh, in in the stained glass, what it was, mm. they, they can't recall. It's actually a, a beautiful little episode. If you can find it, I would watch it. Do you have any stained glass windows in your church that you're just like, what is that? <laughs> not in my not in my present uh, church. Well, I, I should say chapel. I'm a, I'm a professor at Mundelein Seminary, and we have a number of beautiful stained glass windows on campus. Campus here, but they're all pretty straightforward. You can tell immediately what's going on in the windows. Now, in my last parish, though, uh, the the last parish has two round stained glass windows, kind of in the style that we have in the movie here, where they're very abstract, and it was hard to tell what ex- 
exactly was going on in the windows. Uh, and so I was you know, saying perhaps some less than Christian things about the windows until <laughs> one of the older parishioners uh, told me the story of them, that the windows were put in to commemorate when the parish was destroyed by a tornado back oh. in the early 90s. And so that helped to explain the large twisting gray column <laughs> in one of the windows. Right. And then didn't I feel like a jerk? <laughs> <laughs> Oops. Uh, all right. So, so again, referring back to the script, uh, it says that, um, you know, basically says that Charlie and Peter hear movement above. So they head to the attic. So this is, this is all excised. And, uh, you know, again, referring to an earlier moment in the movie that we discussed where Jerry is coming down the stairs at the beginning of the day. And we're like, shouldn't he be coming up from the basement? <laughs> the coffin's down there. But, you know, in the original script and the, in the novelization, apparently there was a, there was a, he's, you know, he's got a, he's got a upstairs bedroom and a downstairs bedroom and up upstairs bedroom. Uh, but Jerry's a gentleman. He's not going to keep his wardrobe in the basement. Like <laughs> right. You have it. Oh, man. Have it in a bedroom like a gentleman. So, yeah, those great coats would mildew. Oh, yeah. Turtlenecks right. would be so musty. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of Jerry's coat, when did he put it on? Because he crawls down the side of the, the building here to nah at yeah. Peter, and he's wearing the coat and scarf. So at what point did he decide, okay, I'm going to eat these guys, but first, I got to get my killing coat. Code on. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Rewind back before Billy melts. Uh, does he wearing his coat back there? And he does his grand introduction before. Sorry, we're. Oh yeah, yeah no, he's just got his. He's just got, got his shirt. Up. Well, he went outside. He didn't want to catch a cold. Yeah, maybe he grabbed it because he was upstairs, and now he's floating around outside. Maybe he grabbed his coat out of his, uh, you know, his bedroom wardrobe and jumped out the window. He <laughs> was he was about to head outside, but then he heard old Mama Dandridge in his in his ear. It's like, don't go outside without a coat, Jerry. <laughs> You'll catch a chill cold. <laughs> so in the script, it says that they go up to the attic, and the attic is dark so they take out flashlights they find a coffin but it's empty but then they hear a sound again from above and realize that jerry is actually on the roof and that's what they're they're hearing so now we cut back to the actual movie where uh jerry is standing on the roof and calling out to amy uh does anybody want to do their best jerry dandridge impression right here i i I think we all should i mean i'm amy awake i command you to awake yeah i love that the james (laughs) Hetfield, awake. <laughs> or it's almost like an evangelical preacher, right? Yeah. Yeah. He's attacking me with his consonants. <laughs> <laughs> I need you to awake. <laughs> yeah. I, got, I, I see where you're going. <laughs> so, Amy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then it's just like, I command you to awake. <laughs> it's so funny. I mean, it's scary. <laughs> it's a, it's a little cheesy at this point. We're we're we're, lead, we're leaning kind of hard into the uh, the campiness of the story at this point, where now Chris Sarandon just gets to chew the scenery because now he's in full vampire mode, yeah. and you know, with all the veils have been stripped away, now he can really revel in this monstrous form. And yeah. you know, that he's also, you know, I I got to give him props. Those teeth are hard to work around. I can't imagine. Yeah. That's a lot of teeth. I mean, it, it's it's hard to get those consonants as crisp 
when you don't have a dental implant in your <laughs> you have to work with. So uh, Chris Arendon doing A plus work here. Yeah, I, I was questioning him earlier when he you know breaks out into his full vampire and is talking that you know is this like you know his like no. You know, like, like, is he kind of messing with them and playing the vampire in the movie that Peter is in and just kind of playing along because he knows he's going to kill them all anyway? Or is this his natural, like, beast inside coming out? And it seems more and more, especially since he's now alone doing this, that this is this is the inner vampire voice, his inner vampire voice. Right. <laughs> he did say the teeth weren't actually that, because you asked him. We did have the opportunity to do an episode with Chris Sarandon. Wow. And- Awesome. I think we've mentioned it in every episode since. Yeah, yeah. We're still Sorry, glowing. listeners. <laughs> yeah, we're still glowing about it. But I recall, correct me if I'm wrong, I'm pretty sure he said the teeth weren't a big deal. Yeah. It was the contacts that were hard on him. Yeah. Ooh. Those Ooh, plastic yeah. contacts. Oh, yeah. the kind of, the, you have to get the, the vacuum to, to suck them off oh, after you God. put them on there. Uh, <laughs> well, it, it makes it all the more impressive that Amy is able to find the camera than when she opens her eyes to hiss at us. Right? <laughs> you know, and uh, I got a feel for Jerry at, at this moment because he is he is leaning oh. in. he's like I command you to awake and Amy just like kind of ru- uh, gets up and looks around and then she puts her head back down <laughs> and it's like man I just think about waking my kids up <laughs> school morning just get up oh, like, oh. five more minutes dad oh. <laughs> yeah oh. and uh, and he just gets so like mad about it <laughs> but, uh, but he does continue he says show me how much and then and then the, the minute ends so so uh, yeah that's it for uh, minute 91 I don't know if you have any more uh thoughts on this one no we just get some high quality chris sarandon vamping yeah. i'm, I'm here vamping. for it vamping yeah <laughs> uh all right well thank you uh father david for being with us for this minute uh do you have anything to plug or <laughs> i don't have a, a podcast of my own i'm more of a professional guest on these uh-huh. movies by minutes shows uh but if you're interested in you know, following me on twitter you can find me at father mowry that's at f R-M-O-W-R-Y. Happy to answer any questions about uh, 1980s contact usage or uh, anything about how a vampire ought to dress when he's stepping out for the evening. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Uh, As for us, I think it's time we put a stake in this one. Please follow us on Twitter at Fright Night Min. Send your feedback to Fright Night Minute at gmail.com and please rate, review, and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. And until next time, I'm Robin. I'm Len. Ha- uh, <laughs> I was doing your line. <laughs> How many times have we done this? 91? Okay. Uh, thanks for listening. Have a fright night, everyone. <laughs> Away. <laughs> He's a vampire. A what? <laughs> You're so